Hey, I got Steve Trevisato on the on the mic with me. Hey, what's Coach Coach Triv? How we doing? How's the Metter Cardinals looking this week? Big upset versus the St. Edwards Eagles. That was a great win, Coach. You know, this is the 85th time I've had you call into the show, even though I'm covering the Massillon Tigers. Shut up and sit down. And welcome to the week two edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. I'm here with Rob Antonell and our first guest from last year. It just has to be the first guest of the 2019 season, Kale Miller. How's everybody doing tonight? Hello, hello. Pretty good. All right, and uh, I guess we'll just get right into it, kick it off. Uh, Rob, I think you can take the first question from here. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, yeah, so we're we're welcomed here with the wide receivers coach, Kale Miller. Uh, he was also our first guest last year, like Hank said. Um, you know, hopefully we'll have him on here as much as possible. Great guest, great guy to talk to. Um, and luckily, we have a lot of things to talk to him about. I mean, he is the receivers coach. One of the more noticeable things about the Tigers um, going into the season, and specifically after the first game, is our receivers uh, so we're going to get into that, get into uh, maybe a little bit of Glen Oak information as well. So, I mean, just jumping right into it, I guess. I mean, coming off of a huge game last week, Andrew Wilson-Lamp, um, you know, the guy that everybody thinks is Maslin's number two receiver behind Jalen Ballard. At least that's what all the scouting people online want to say, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he broke the record for most yards in a game. So, I mean, what was really working well for you guys last week? Um, a... They didn't do a great job covering posts. Uh, B, some of those routes, um, the, the things that he did well, he just kept running. You know what I mean? Sometimes receivers tend to, you know, when they peak, they'll slow down. You know what I mean? I think that we've, we've done a better job of, of coaching that, but our players have done a better job of um, actually doing it. You know what I mean? We've got a, we've got a guy back there with an arm that even if he comes back to you across the field, he can get it to you. He can usually get it to you in stride, even if you're 50 yards down the field. Um, you know, I think one of his better plays of the night, if I had to pinpoint one, was his very first catch. Um, he kept his post skinny. He had a guy pull him down, and he turned all the way around, got both hands on the ball and secured the catch. Um you know, I think that, you know, St. V's was very young in the secondary. And we, we, we knew that going in. Um, but they also didn't have, um, I don't think, the, the guys that had the, the makeup speed, you know, to, to, to recover on posts or verticals or anything like that. Um, what else he did well in terms of Andrew's play is, you know, we hit that, a lot of those run pass options, uh, that backside little three to four yard snap route um now it's funny all off season all you know every scrimmage we didn't throw it we didn't throw it but we knew we would get soft coverage back there and he ended up gaining probably 40 yards just on those balls mm-hmm. you know um you know uh, also what helps Jaden does gain a lot of attention when he runs a post you know, we ran that one crossing route with Andrew, and mm-hmm. Jaden's running the post. Well, three guys ran yeah. with Jaden. Yep. And so Andrew was one-on-one with the guy who trailed him, you know, on the backside there. I think that, you know, a, a lot of things in the past game worked well for us, and I think it was it was a matchup issue for them. It was a big matchup issue. Um, yeah, and I think uh, Jaden also had a good game. Some other receivers had a good game as well. Um you know, Jaron Hodges made some really good plays. And we this is the first time we've been able to get into a spread look and run tag screens to both sides. We never had an H that could block the right way like our Ys do. Uh, you know, Jaron Hodges is one of those guys. He can catch a tag screen. He can block a tag screen. Same with uh, Pedro. Same with Murph. Um, you know, those guys do a great job. And we Andrew got some yards on that as well. You know, because you're going to get soft coverage when you are a faster player. Those two guys on the outside, they're definitely going to get a lot of soft coverage. Um, you know, because if you play man, you want to press, well, you, you better be able to do that the whole time. You better be able to, to, to just sell out and, 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 
and do it the right way because we're gonna we're gonna beat you over the top, you know. Um, but in general, it was a it was a bunch of factors on why he had a good game. But I think the most impressive thing is he practices his ass off, and I think as a group they practice their ass off. But he's uh he's a kid I have to pull out of practice. Say hey, take a break, take a break, and he gets pissed. You know, that's that's just being uh you know one of those guys that just is always focused. And I think it was. It was a good thing because he didn't know he was breaking a record. He could have cared less. You know, he didn't give a shit. You know, he, I had to tell him at the end, hey, when I pulled him out in the fourth quarter, I said, hey, you broke a record. He goes, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, Mr. Patches just came up and told me. He goes, are you serious? I said, yeah. So I didn't know it either. You know, and that was a good game for him. I was proud of him. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. Uh, you definitely have a good group of kids at receive this year. Um, you know, you show a lot of depth. And uh, just kind of looking at the paper here in front of me, how many different guys you have that you can work in. Um, I mean, just going back to St. V real quick, correct me where I'm wrong, because I know I'm wrong somewhere. Um, But you said you went into it knowing that they're going to play a little soft coverage. Was that because of what you've seen in the offseason, just because of the personnel they had? Or I remember looking back to last year, everybody talked about how St. V really tried taking that tag screen away last year and it seemed like this year that's what they wanted to give us yeah well the, last year going into that game we threw more tag screens in three scrimmages than any other time i've ever seen and adric did phenomenal job running them and you also had six six trey morgan blocking that was a major issue you know um and so even St. Ed's last year, we had probably 60 yards and a half of football just on tag screens. And that was a great – I mean, those Division One state champs. So St. V's came into last year. Now, A, they had a much more athletic Sam linebacker. B, both their corners way more athletic than they were – or actually more mature and just heady players. You know what I mean? This year, coming into it, we really didn't sell out on throwing a bunch of tags in our three scrimmages. Um, part of that was the scheme we were going against. Part of that was let's just hand the ball off and work our run game. You know, we're gonna we're, we're we have so much practice with our RPOs. You know, we knew that you know we could we could eventually get there. I didn't think going into that game that we were that great yet. You know what I mean? Because part of that is running the tag screen the right way, reading the block the right way. And we still aren't there yet. Um, We aren't even close to the last two years in terms of how to execute the tag screen properly. Um, But watching them on film, you barely saw them pressed. But you um, you also saw them play a lot of different guys. So you knew they weren't comfortable yet with who they had playing there, um, with you know with, the, with their personnel and them being that young, and also they knew that we had speed in the outside and they just said screw it, let's try not to get beat over top. Their Sam was not very athletic. Um, he uh, we got we got him stuck quite a few times and. Ha- do I play in the box? Do I edge the box? Do I really help with the tag screen? So I think in their game planning, they weren't worried about that as much. And part of that was us. We just didn't do it that much in the scrimmages. Not like we did last year. You know, their game plan, I think, was to line up, play base as best as they can, and get their uh, young kids ready to roll for the rest of the season, honestly, in the secondary at least. Because their front seven were good. <laughs> Their D-line was really good. But back end, you can tell they're not confident yet. All right. You mentioned how good uh, St. V's front seven is and how inexperienced that their secondary is. How much does that uh, factor into – I know you're not calling the plays, but how much does that factor into, it? like, during a game, tagging a screen on a run play? Um, I guess it's a feel thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's a feel thing, and it's also a thing where you collaborate with your coaches. Hey, don't forget to tag here. You know, we have this, we have that. Um, you know, 
those guys know exactly what they want to call. But it's it's about, hey, this is what I'm seeing. You know what I mean? And also, yeah, I mean, you see a, a bigger Sam linebacker, you want to make that guy run laterally. Because he was also played fullback. You know, there's a two-way player right there. We always try to point those guys out. Well, we're always trying to put stress on the same linebacker in most of our concepts, whether we are pre-snap RPO, post-snap RPO. Uh, we want to put that guy in a bind because guess who sets your defense? This hit. You know what I mean? I want to know where he lines up at. And uh, I-, I felt as the game went along, the one thing that um, looking at St. V's from the past three years, is the beginning of the game two years ago they took away our our tag screener just played it well well what we didn't do is what we swore we were going to do this year and we did once the second half hits let's go right back to it why abandon bread and butter because it didn't work that well in the first half it's a four-quarter game kids get tired you got the human factor in there you got high schooler factor in there where you get tired, you lose your mind, you lose your assignment. You know what I mean? Let's go right back to it. You know what I mean? Like, we do this all the time. They prep for this for one week. You know, if you look at it that way. Like, we go against multiple looks every single day just on tag screens. Like, versus our scout team in separate sessions. We go against zero. We go against one, four, two, three. With our Sam linebacker and everyone else playing it. Like, we do this every single year, so why go away from it? We talked about that, and I think that we executed that a lot in the second half. You know, even more of that was there. And I think <clears throat> Andrew's big first half with, uh, what, he had like 160 yards, that also helped those guys to play off a little bit more. Because, like, oh my God, who's this kid? We worried about that kid over there. Well, who's this kid? Play off. Let's not even mess with it. And now, also, with having H's that can actually block. And um, I, I think that just, it's a feel thing. When, when you're calling an offense, a feel thing. And you had to have a good plan. But I think one of the things that we decided was we're not going to go away from it. You know, why go away from something that's worked for three straight years? You know, that we've just executed and repped and repped and repped. at nauseum repped. And filmed and repped, you know. That's why we, you practice, and I think Nick Saban said this, you practice something so many times that it becomes hard to get it wrong. That's that's what you want to try to get to. So why go away from that? I know I'm literally talking about a tag screen right now, but when you have so much success with it, yeah, that, that factors in, you know. And also us discussing, let's not go away from it. Too good at it. Uh, like you said, I mean, something you guys have been repping out for so long. Um, as we have so many different athletes and threats on this offense, the one thing that somebody might say is they're not the most experienced group, mm-hmm. um, if you could believe that. I mean, just listen off some of these different receivers you have. A lot of great athletes. I mean, Ballard, Wilson Lamp, mm-hmm. Pedro, Luke Murphy, Heath Manson, Jaron Hodges, Robbie Page. I mean, you got a couple of different D1 guys in there. A lot of great athletes. You know, a lot of seniors. But what you don't have is a lot of previous varsity playing time. Yeah. Before that, and I mean, I know you got them coached up, you know, all year long. You had them coached up last year, um, but I mean, how much of a difference does that make? Is that something you notice early? Is that something that kind of clicks before the season starts? You know, when when can you tell a difference between some of these guys kind of learning, you know, what they're doing a little bit better? Um, in the off season, when we. When we really hit it, you know, I think that one of the things that we do a good job of is um, develop our kids in the off season, uh, meet with them, work out with seven kids. It's so much easier now to do that. Um, going over to assignments, but here's here's the craziest thing. Think about this, as I told this to other people. It's my tenth year at Maslin. This is the first time. Since I've been here, we've had a D coordinator, special teams coordinator, and offensive coordinators with the same systems for three years straight since I've been here. Now, 
we've had maybe an OC was here for three years, a DC for two, and then a new one, or vice versa. The the value in that is crazy. About kids know the terminology, they know the system, they know the drills, they know exactly what the hell you're talking about. You know already. So that's where I think some of the inexperience on the field, inexperience, um, some it takes some of that away. And also running the same stuff at the JV level in the same system and kids competing, you know, and being confident because of our kick-ass weight room and our weight room program, you know, that, that takes some of the edge off, I believe. There's going to be mistakes, sure, but yeah, I mean, the, the kids are used to the system by now. They're used to what is expected. Bottom line, I remember we had a voluntary... Um, voluntary workout and the kids just wanted to show up and and throw on their own and just opened up the indoor, the stadium, whatever there's like 35 receivers show up I mean, they, they organized it they did it, just to go run and work out you know what I mean, and all these quarterbacks like, they they're masculine kids, they love it you know what I mean, they want to get better and so some of that off-season development helps, you know. I thought the I thought the kid that would struggle the most would be Pedro, but think about it. Hell of an athletic kid, basketball player, has been a quarterback. He knows everything in the offense already, and he knows the system. So it's just easy to plug him in. Now you just got to fine-tune him on some stuff. I mean, he he's done a great job, but uh, or someone like Jaron Hodges, Jaron. Played his ass off in every JV game last year, an undefeated JV team, at like a- any position. Um, Isaiah Roberson, that's another guy who broke his collarbone last year, but he didn't have a lot of experience on the field. But those kids have been in the system. You know what I mean? Like they've been in the system. They know exactly what we're running. Um, some of them could just be down the road. I think coaches. Um, because they're smart. You know, we got a good group. That's what's really, really helped. They watch film. They correct their mistakes. They're super coachable. I think that helps too. When you got guys that don't have a lot of varsity Friday night experience. When we had you on last year, you talked about um, Austin Kutcher. You know, yeah. he, he was a dude that, like, during the offseason uh, program, he set the tone. He, like, uh, you want to go as hard as Austin did. He he made himself coachable. He he was a leader in action. Like you wanted to follow him based on what he did. Is there a guy in the last year or two that's kind of stood out that way? Uh, if I had to pick out last year, um, probably Trayvon. I would think Dean. You know those guys, but they were you know used to it. Um, we used to do position captains. And I remember in the offseason, I thought a wide receiver position captain would have been Jaron Hodges. You know what I mean? Um, He does everything you ask him, you know, and those kids listen to him. And um, and it just, you get a feel of who, how these kids work, how they work in the weight room, how vocal are they, you know what I mean? who just is no nonsense, shows up, gets the job done, and then wants to get better. So, yeah, I think Trayvon probably led that last year. He probably brought up, you know, the level of competition amongst kids, and when he spoke, you listened. You know what I mean? This year is a little bit different. Um, my group isn't that vocal. They just aren't. Like, Trey was vocal. Uh, Kutcher was not that vocal when he was here. And, but when he spoke, everyone's asses got a little bit tighter because he was right whatever he was saying. Jasinski barely spoke, but he practiced every day and worked his ass off. So you respected that, and everyone followed suit. This year it's a little bit different. I've got more of a looser group of guys. They compete every day, but at the same time, they do have a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, um, they have a lot of fun. Sometimes you got to knock that out of them a little bit 
hey, focus up here. There's a time and a place. But when they put their helmets on, it's go time. You know, it's 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 a fun, it's a different group to coach, but it's a super fun group to coach. You're kind of rolling back to uh, what you mentioned, having the same systems in place for a couple years, having the stability. Um, to go along with that, I mean, you have a quarterback that this is going to be his third year, <laughs> and a good quarterback at that. Yeah, um, I'm sure that helps your receivers, and he helps them. Uh, you know, how does that kind of play into each other? I mean, besides him throwing the ball to your guys, you know, how much? I mean, are they together? Do they work out oh. um, when it actually comes to running the plays? He's the most calming presence that we have. So if they're if <laughs> an offensive captain or a leader or anything, you want to talk about a guy who commands that, that's him. And not even, you know, he's not a, like, you know, he doesn't yell and scream. He talks to a kid. Guess whose eyes are on him? Like you want to talk about the focal point of your offense when when the guy, you know, is the guy who delivers the ball to any of your receivers. Three year starter, great freaking kid. Um, yeah, he that helps a lot. That helps everything. You know, I don't know how many three year starters I've been on a staff with to have that guy run your run your offense. But yeah, he's the most calming guy. You know, if stuff's going bad, that's the calming guy. That's the guy who's level-headed all the time. Um, he's never too up. He's never too down. He's just always there. I think that's a huge thing as well. You know, he's constantly upbeat. Um, yeah, I, I literally can't say enough good things about Aiden Longwall. Not even close. Um, love coaching that kid. and I, I don't coach him. I coach wideouts. <laughs> Just you know, ten years down the road, when he's when he's a celebrity doing something, we say, "I coach that kid at Maslin." You know what I mean? That's who you want to talk about. Um, I love that kid, and our kids love him. You can't get any better than that. Yeah, that is one thing I noticed about Aiden is like during a game, he's just so. You look at like pictures from the game. He just, he has this like mean, like kind of focused look about him. But it never changes. You look at every picture; it's still the same expression. So you got that like level attitude. Yeah. And you love to see that. Now, I would be remiss if, as a former fat body, I didn't also mention the line. Mm-hmm. And how much does it like you know not necessarily help your receivers, but more help schematically knowing that you know look, look at last year we had we went five, six, seven weeks without giving up a sack. Um, how much does it help? you guys to draw up plays and like help get these guys open knowing that the protection the line is there that it's going to hold everything up and let the plays develop on field well every year it's hilarious but every year since since i've been here especially since coach moore came here every year the biggest question i get Every off season, is how how good is our line be? I don't think they're going to be very good. You know, from I, I don't care who you are. Everyone asks me that. I say, well, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. You know, going into listen, Maslin always has skill. Okay, year in and year out, whether I'm here or not, they're always going to have skill. They're always going to have receivers and DBs and running backs and good quarterbacks. Um, well, the one thing you don't notice is they always have good linemen. But what's even better is, in my opinion, he's the best O-line coach in the state of Ohio. Um, I draw nothing up or think of anything, or I should say it this way. There's nothing I draw up that, that I say, oh, that might take too long. We might not be able to protect. Because... Either A, he's going to tell me, yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> or B, he's going to say, yeah, we're good. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it doesn't ever cross my mind. Because every year since I've known John, since I've coached with him, every year RO line is really, really good. And really well coached. And our kids are tough. And they're just like their coach. You know what I mean? Um, he's developed a whole... Um, attitude with them as well as Coach Simon, you know, because they share guys, you know, that trench life attitude, um, how they do things a certain way in the offseason, how they do things at practice. It's balls to the wall. 
every single day. As Mazur says, it's it's always fourth down. You know, you got to coach like it's always fourth down. Um, that's what we've tried to do, and I, I feel that way with our with our O line. Those kids treat every play like it's fourth down. So, yeah, it's I. I mean, I love my job. I would never want to coach O line. I would ruin them. All right, because I'm a. You know, I want to say I'm a skill guy, but I would never even want to coach quarterbacks. But to have that offensive line coach and those kids and knowing the pressure he puts them under during a practice week which is insane okay it's insane with the pressure he puts under under, you know on top of them during a practice week um he throws stuff at them that they may not even see and he makes them adjust you know so i that never crosses my mind not ever so i mean circling back once again to something i picked up from you earlier um you mentioned how you guys definitely pick out two-way players when mm-hmm. you're looking at a team uh an opponent going into glen oak this week I, I think they definitely have one of those two-way players that's worth talking about mm-hmm. uh he last year he was their quarterback mm-hmm. uh kendall richardson a uh, great athlete he got hurt in the Maslin game last year uh looks like he transitioned to more of a receiver role this year but he's also a starting corner mm-hmm. so i mean if you just want to go into Glen Oak a little briefly and uh, him as a player. Um, yeah, I think they are more athletic in the back end. Um, they're coached really well, um, you know, similar to St. V's. Uh, you know, both Jarvis brothers are the, the corners and the safety coaches there. Um, they're, they're back to running what they ran before. You know, they were in that stack last year, and it was a mess. You know, they just didn't have the guys they needed to have to run it. Um, yeah, he was good last year. I mean, he, uh, Richardson, he picked off one of our first passes last year. We ran a post. And, um, yeah, and it, it, when it comes to the two-way player thing, you, I guess it's more of a, you just keep an eye on it throughout the game. You know, if you're running past someone or you're putting pressure on somebody a lot and you see how they're moving. You know what I mean? They might they might have got dinged up on the other side of the ball, and you notice that. And I think I think every coach kind of looks at that. You know how many two way players they have and things of that nature. Um, they're aggressive. You know, in their secondary, uh, they play their cover four really well. Um, now I don't know how much pressure they're going to bring. Um, if I looked at their scrimmages, you know, they played almost exclusively cover four you know in years past they would roll to cover three a lot and bring a lot of blitzing or they'd go zero and bring a lot of blitzing and um you know they'd roll their safeties down like eight yards and those guys were able to defend the pass defend a run um i think that they'll get to that point i think that they've just played very vanilla in the back end their basic cover four checks um it's always a uh you know, it's always a big game between us because some of those kids know each other and, you know, our recent rivalry with them, <clears throat> you know, they'll be prepared. They want that. They're going to definitely have a plan for us on the outside. Um, you know, if I had to compare them to St. V's and this isn't knocking either team, I think that St. V's is probably better up front defensively than Glen Oak, but Glen Oak is way better in their secondary compared to St. V's. You know, it kind of evens itself out. I think, um, yeah, I think that they're going to they're play really aggressive. They're really physical. Um, you know, Coach Balderson's going to have a great game plan against us. You know, I coached with him at Avon my first year there. I think he's coached with about four or five of our coaches throughout his, you know, journey as a head coach and as a coordinator um no it's gonna be it's gonna be you know a good game they're they're jacked up our kids are jacked up they've had a good week of practice so far and um i'm you know i just want us to execute you know we execute you know we do all those little things right you know good things are going to happen for us and uh, i think we've practiced that way you know we've 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 practiced against that coverage and some of the checks that they make um, 
if, in the realm of cover four, very similar to us, you know, and what we see. Just a di- little bit different corner technique. Um, one of the things you'll notice, they like to play their corners completely open, completely open, facing like the middle of the field with their eyes on number two and inside leverage. You know, not a lot of people do that. Um, you know, there's some things they give up doing that, but I can tell you, um, really good job on squeezing the post, you know, in that position, really good job on, if it's just a vertical route, being able to already be open and squeezing that guy out of bounds, you know, you're, you're going to have to be really good in your route running versus them, um, because they are coached that well, they've always had a great plan versus us with the exception of last year. I don't think they had a really good plan. Um, we barely threw the ball, though. We didn't have to. Um, you know, back to an underfront, they're going to spill a lot. Um, yeah, so I, I think I'm excited for it, though. I'm excited to see what kind of wrinkles they have defensively. Like you said, they moved from a 3-3 stack last year to a, a 3-4 defense this year, which is going to look a lot like us. It's um, even our defensive coordinator, McConnell, he, he coached for um, their new head coach this year for a few mm-hmm. years over at Jackson. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's real early in the year. They've played a lot of vanilla coverage, stuff like that. How much of your scouting at this point in the year is what Glen Oak has done in the past, like this, the opponent has done in the past, versus what their head coach has run in the past? Well, the, the defense that they are running now was a defense that they had run for a long time prior to last year. So, and I, I pay attention to the back end of it, and yes, that's what that is. And they've they've always tried to kind of keep that consistent because they've had consistently the same defensive back coaches. You know, there's a certain technique that they play. There's certain things they give up. Um, you know, I think... When it comes to scouting what a head coach has done at his previous jobs, that depends on what that head coach called. You know what I mean? Because Bo calls the offense, I believe. Mm -hmm. That would be more of an advantage in scouting. You know, say he was a defensive coordinator, though, and a head coach. There, you would want to look back. You know what I mean? And and look back at the things that he – um, coach, you know, if you coached with him, some of the things that he did there, I, I believe like Watley at McKinley, you know, he's a defensive coordinator at St. V's. So you would probably want to look at him defensively rather than you would offensively because he didn't call the offense. You know, I think Bo being the offensive guy, hell of an offensive coach, by the way, uh, you would want to look back at, at previous tenures, previous head coaching jobs there what his offense has done what the, in the system that he's ran. Gotcha. Um, speaking of him, uh, did you see his quote about how you, you know, he said he'd like to see more Star County teams play Maslin and that it it's really just a privilege to be able to play a Friday night in Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. Yeah, he means it. And he's 100% right. Why wouldn't you want to play us? Why wouldn't you want to come here and play us? Why wouldn't you want us to come there and play you? Are you kidding me? You know how many good games we would, we would have? You know, it, it's it's unbelievable. You know, it, it's it's uh, it's actually embarrassing that other teams won't say yes. Hey, schedule it. Let's go. Bring everyone in your town. You want to talk all this crap? You want to talk about us, football, whatever? You still won't play us. You know what I mean? It's 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 embarrassing. They should be embarrassed that any of these people that want to talk crap that are from these schools that refuse to schedule us, refuse to schedule us. It's unbelievable. Um, I just laugh. And Bo's one hundred percent right. Yeah, and he's never going to drop us. Not ever. He does not care. He knows that he needs to play that game for his program, for his kids. You know what I mean? He knows he needs to play that game, and we love that. I'm pretty sure that if other people came knocking, we would open the door and say, yes, we will play you. Absolutely. I mean, my God, 
How hard is it? I mean, just from a money standpoint, I would think from these other schools, the money you would get at the gate playing at your place or playing at our place, even though some of those places would not even be able to hold our crowd, okay, which is even better because half of those people get up, you know, after the halftime show and leave, our crowd would just take over the home side. <laughs> it's the way that it works. And you have that much pride in a, in a community, in a football tradition. That's the way it should be. Don't talk about us if you're not going to play us. Don't do it. We're always open. Call it. Make the call. Get it done. I mean, weeks weeks one and two should definitely be uh, another Stark County team. Not just week two. And then mix it in from there. Whoever wants to come call them. Yeah, I... I could probably go on for a while, but it's it's amazing. I have no follow-up from there. I just want to get you all riled up, hot <laughs> yeah. and bothered, and bring that up. So I'm going to kick it over to you, Rob, to transition to the next question. Uh, well, that's definitely something we've touched on in the past. Um, you know, we've gone into kind of detail with that. You know, hopefully as some regimes change throughout the years, you know, we might be able to open up the opportunity playing some of these other schools. You know, who knows? Um, but right now we, we are playing Glen Oak. And uh, I think one of the big things with that is, you know, we had some Maslin guys over there, um, you know, their athletic director uh, from Maslin. But uh, looking at the teams, no, yes. What's that? (laughs) Caleb just gave me a weird look. So, Uh, Looking at Glen Oak, um, you know, looking at their defense specifically for, you know, you talked about how athletic they were in the back end. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we see a a couple of their star players on this roster sheet. Uh, Kendall Richardson and Tower Armstead, they're two corners, six foot, six foot one, one seventy five, one seventy. Good athletes, like you said. At safety, um, strong safety. Randall six one, one seventy. Weak safety. Ellis five nine, one seventy. Uh, all four are seniors, mm-hmm. um, so you got some experience back there. You got that athleticism. Uh, looking at the rest of their line, they're not as big at linebacker as you might want on paper. Um, and their defense line, maybe not quite as big as you like on paper either. But they do have some experience of a couple of seniors uh, and juniors mixed in there as well. But the yeah. one thing that I notice, um, I'm going to count 12 defensive players because it shows like a yeah. hybrid player on here. So yeah. 12 mm-hmm. different starters, let's say, depending on what formation they're in. Um, out of those 12 starters, looks like eight of them go both ways. Not all of them start both ways, but eight of, eight of them go both ways. So um, I definitely think that's something that you know could be advantage for us, especially if they're not as big in the interior. So we might be able to wear them down, especially with that trench life fourth quarter mentality. Um, is there anything that you noticed at the booster club meeting specifically about their defense? Um, I know that uh, Coach Moore he was real big on their two like the Sam linebacker, like you mentioned with um, St. V that you thought they were kind of weaker at Mm -hmm. that position this year. And they're um, what we call the OB backer, the backside kind of hybrid linebackers will sometimes play outside linebacker, sometimes walk down on as an end. Um, He was kind of high on him too. You know, he thought that in years to come that they're going to be really good players. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that something you would like look to take advantage of, of maybe their inexperience that, him saying that in the future they're going to be good, kind of implying now that they show flashes and that they're young right now. I wouldn't say that we would we would you know sit down and say, well, you know, he's inexperienced. You know, we can take advantage of him. We we look more at the scheme, um, because even if you're an inexperienced kid. Um, if you are coached the right way and you're coachable, guess what? Uh, you can do the job. You know what I mean? I believe it was last year or the year before, like St. V's had a Sam linebacker. that if I looked on paper, I was like, this kid sucks. I watch him, watch him run and everything. No. This kid literally just did his job every single play. You know, uh, so so we try to we try to look at the scheme. Um, you know, how do we how do we take advantage of the scheme, and where are there key players within the scheme that we uh, we feel like within our offense um, we can put in a bind. You know, whether it's a formation, um, whether it's shifting, whether it's as simple as a tag off of a run play. 
You know, what what is this kid's key going to be? You know what I mean? And, and I think goes back to it, it goes back to um, running the same system and knowing your weaknesses within that system versus certain teams. Um, one guy I met, which is funny, uh, I met, I talked to him after the St. V's game. I've always wanted to. He's their DB coach, it's Mike Murphy. I believe he played at Glen Oak, played in the league. I forget where he went to college at. And I've always wanted to sit down and talk with the guy. Well, come to find out, I believe St. V's is dropping us after this year. I, from what I heard, I don't hmm. know if I'm supposed to say anything. That news to but, me, I don't know. But anyway. I haven't heard anything yet. But I spoke with him after the game, said, hey, could I introduce myself? And I said, I would love to sit down with you after the season and talk about how you game plan us within your system. Because you always got a great plan. Um, I think that goes into that as well because then you learn how somebody preps for you. You know what I mean? And they're a base cover for a team, too high team. Um, what are they looking at? I mean, so when we go back to planning from our scheme and our system, we don't really look at this kid. You know, this kid is, you know, it, he's a sophomore. We can mess with them. Um, I think you look more at some of that stuff, like really in the secondary and being disciplined. Sometimes, you know, if there's a sophomore, I want to I want to attack that kid as many times as possible. I want to put pressure on that kid in a route as many times as possible because he's already he's already nervous. You know what I mean? There, it's just the way that it goes. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if anyone knew that. I don't think we're playing same bees next year. But <laughs> I was not aware. Blackstorm Podcast breaking news. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> No, no, that's good for us. That's what I heard. It's more clicks. Hey, we hear things like that all the time. Yeah. And I don't know how often. Maybe I just heard something. Oh. <laughs> it does happen. I don't know. The rumor mill is rife with uh, information like that. <laughs> uh, so, just wait till we're off the air. I can't wait to tell you guys something. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, <laughs> it sucks for the listeners, but great for us. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm messing around. <laughs> uh, transitioning into the offense for Glen Oak. Um, like I said, one of their better players, Kendall Richardson, who was their quarterback last year, he transitioned into a receiver this year. Um, they have two different quarterbacks lined up for Glen Oak here. Um, one is bolded as one of their better players, but they have him as the secondary, uh, second string, I should say. Uh, are From what you saw at the meeting, are, are they rotating quarterbacks, or was that just kind of in the offseason? Um, yeah, they're rotating quarterbacks every series. One's a junior, one's a sophomore. Um, he's, Coach Moore said, you know, and take this with a grain of salt, that the sophomore looked better, more natural at quarterback, but I can only assume the fact that they're rotating, that the junior is more consistent, more, you know, more what they want to do with their offense. Um just from the few clips that he's shown of both of the throwing, the sophomore looked like a natural quarterback. The junior looked like he was struggling to maintain what looked like a quarterback throw. Uh, but then again, this is coming from a lineman. All I've known is a hand of their three-point stance all my life. Um, he said they were actually pretty multiple with their sets. It, they'd sometimes run a fullback, run a tight end, go four wide a little bit. Um he showed there was one clip from like a, it was like a fourth and sixteen that they converted on out of a five wide set I believe pretty sure uh, no matter what though that they're actually like maybe not for us but uh, pretty explosive pretty threatening on offense yes um, from what I understand I haven't watched I mean I'm not trying to interrupt you or anything but like no no go when we i was lost for when we look at <laughs> when we you know if, if we're game playing for the week mm-hmm. as i'm tagging up film i'll glance now if there's like a super player on the other team's offense i definitely want to watch some clips of him yeah you know if i'm talking to the other defensive coaches or something but um i know this much you know with with Bo, they're gonna be super they're gonna be very sound um He's going to have good formation sets and concepts that 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 mess with your mess with your scheme. That's what he does. Um, he's going to call he's going to call the right plays. 
And now you still have to execute those plays, but um, you know you better believe he's gonna he's gonna be locked in. He he is every single week. My first year at Avon, he was our offensive coordinator, and um, he coached quarterbacks. We lost in the what were we twelve and one? Lost in the semifinals of the region. So maybe the second or th- was it the third round. We're twelve and one, so we sure? played thirteen games. Yeah, so regional championship. Okay, and I believe it was Ryan O'Rourick was his quarterback going into the game. Ryan O'Rourick, we were twelve and zero. Uh, he had thirty touchdowns and zero interceptions. And after the game, he had thirty-three touchdowns and three interceptions. It was in a snowstorm. So you want to talk about a guy who can dial it up and calls a great offense. Um, we beat. That year, we beat Aurora, who won the Division Three state title. Um, we beat them like a last second, like early on in the year. <clears throat> we were good, but it was because of him. Because he called a couple two-minute drives to win the ball game. You know, we got the ball, score, got the ball back, went down, scored with like 10 seconds to go. He uh, he knows how to call his offense. You know, he's, he's very, very good, so... I know this much. He's he's going to put his kids in the right position. You know, I can't speak on the execution or anything, but I know that he's he's a very good ball coach. Like you said, you know, you can't speak on the execution, but at the end of the day, Jimmy's and Joe's beat X's and O's. Mm-hmm. Now, on the X's and O's part, how much does it affect, like, say, an offensive play caller when the defensive coordinator that he's playing used to coach under him? I don't know. Uh, that's it's a really good question. You know what I mean? Like, thank you. Like, because uh, I've I, I don't think I've ever come across anything like that. You know, it's funny. You know who? You know who else? Coach McConnell coached under hmm. that we played against last year. Take a guess. Uh, well, we beat every team by forty except week fifteen. So, uh, uh. regular season, the OC. We played against. I think we won by three. Week ten. Really? Oh yeah. He he coached for Bedry. Huh. Oh yeah, Claymont. So there so now he's going into a round two of against somebody that he used to coach for when Bedry's the head coach. Mm-hmm. So and I think also you gotta look at coaches evolve. They might have their stuff they always like to run, but um they're not going to get into, like, Bo's a good enough coach to, you know, he's not going to call stuff that he did in 2014 with Jackson. Uh, just like Bedre wouldn't call stuff in 2011 at Claymont. Yeah. You know? I but think just that, like McConnell wouldn't call the same thing he ran in 2012 against Jackson. There you Jackson. go. And it's an interesting question, though, because you don't, you know, you get, you get a lot of that in college mm-hmm. and in the pros. Um, you know, and uh, but it's funny. It's two years in a row, though. Yeah. That he'll that that Craig, you know, someone who Craig coached for, he'll call their defense against their offense. But I I, I think if I think you do have to look back on that stuff, though, like when you coached for a guy. Mm. You know, what I mean, my head coach Columbiana, um, he coached in an All Star game with our rival coach. After that, I don't think we lost that team for five years in a row because that guy literally put everything out on the table that he ran in his offense and defense, and our head coach stole all of it. <laughs> and we knew every single play that they ran. That's you know what I mean? That's just the way that it's just the way that you do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? He he, the exact blocking schemes, exactly what they say. It's funny. That's small school football, but I think you do it at even you know the bigger stage. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what they're calling. Or at least you think you do. I don't know. I think some of that goes into it in prepping. I would think, but I'm not on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I would think at least in some way, one way or another, it goes into like how aggressive is this person, how you know yeah. conservative, yeah, something like that. Yep. Um, just kind of looking at it. Are there any kind of last minute like uh, remarks you have as uh, against Glen Oak as a whole? Uh, one thing that stood out to me actually when we um, when they were going over film and special teams, uh, you know, we had Jar on here mm-hmm. last year. He talked about how our 
punt block. It you know we used to try and set up a return and we'd never see any kind of really returnable punts. So we moved to just punt block. Now with um, <laughs> now with we got Magnus Haynes kicking the ball. Yeah, it's kind of flipped on his head now. I asked him, he said we might see, like, with the hang time that he has, we're going to see a lot of um, a lot of returnable balls that, you know, we're going to see more teams try and set up a punt return against us, so that's gonna, we're going to have to be more multiple on the punt. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think there's not really any collegiate punters that stand out on our schedule, so I think we're still going to try and, you know, punt return. Um, with... The athletes we have and on kickoff return that just happen to be your guys, mm-hmm. Wilson Lamp and um, uh, Ballard, that teams are just going to try and do it. If he did, avoid them. Mm-hmm. You know, either kick if they're up, kick deep. If they're deep, kick up. Yeah. If you can't do one or the other, kick out of bounds and then keep re-kicking until <laughs> it, something halfway decent happens for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we did shuffle around our guys in yeah. the return to try to change how they kicked it, and uh, I mean that's something we might have to do all year. But I mean, if that's that that's a good problem to have. Oh, it's you know, great. Who's gonna take it back to the fifty for you? This guy or that guy? Yeah, or this guy or that. You know. And if so, you miss, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you miss, that guy's that guy's gone, and we're starting to band. Yeah, it's I a mean, real problem. That did happen last week, um, and we talked about it off air. Like, uh, you know, it's I've seen a lot of like a lot of discussion on special teams where it's a lot of times it's not even blocking. It's not scheme so much as what kind of dude you have back there with a rock in his hand. Definitely it helps. helps. It it helps a lot. Yeah. But there is some scheme that goes into it, especially at the high school level, and mm-hmm. a lot of it is like what the guys off the ball are doing too. You see, like someone like Zion uh, Pfeiffer, my you know my call my brother Name namesake brother. namesake brother. Um, he had a just a tremendous block on the on Ballard's kickoff return yep. that really is just teach tape for outside zone. Um, that you know you you have there's a lot of stuff that goes into special teams that a lot of people don't notice. Just we try and point that out here. I think someone else had a that uh, had a block that. Also helped spring the touchdown. I would love to point out the name, Kale. Do you know <laughs> Isaiah that? Clark? Was it number thirty-one? Uh, I thought I remembered him. Uh, Dean's that, little brother. That sounds right. Maybe I don't know. I I just thought I remember. I was on the opposite end of the field, running down. Okay, celebrating. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. One thing to touch on that is mm. when you're talking about the blocking schemes and everything that goes into special teams, especially with the returns. High school is still the one level where you're allowed to do different types of blocking schemes yeah um they in the nfl it's obsolete yes that's they don't return anymore because you can't block it correctly anymore um and i think college may have adapted something to go along with it as well but in high school you're still allowed to block kind of in that older style pattern so you're allowed to open up holes in a different way makes it a little bit easier on the on the block the double wedge still double wedge you can you can't do that in the nfl college i'm i'm not sure but i think they might have Got rid of it. I don't know. But uh, so there's definitely still a lot that goes into the different block teams week by week. Um, and uh, that's something we're going to look forward to all year. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. I, I love I love what JAR does on special teams. Um, like I said, those those guys do a great job. You know, we have a great, great staff. I know we, we didn't really touch on this, but the, the – the one thing that I think Nate's done a great job of is pick guys that fit within our staff that are cohesive, that you get along with, and that grind. Everyone on our staff grinds, not just in season. We're talking off season. You know what I mean? The meetings that we would have in the off season, you know, in meet, playbook, install. We would review every team. You know, what I, mean? I think I said that last year. Offensively, defensively, and special teams. You know, all of our guys grind. Even all of our guys that coach multiple sports. Some guys coach track. Some guys do wrestling. You know, I did basketball this past year. Um, the the amount of time that gets put into 
um, a play is nuts. It's funny. Uh, David Morgan got brought on our staff when Copeland mm-hmm. got the John Carroll job. You know, and it, I love David. He's he's a great guy. But when you come into um, a spot like this, he couldn't believe the amount of work and conversation and film and texts and meetings that we had just for our second scrimmage. <laughs> He's like, guys, this is nuts. Like, I can't even, I can't believe like this, this much goes into it. You know what I mean? I say, hey, you just wait till you get on the headset and listen to that stuff. And he even said, he goes, I, he goes, it's a whole different world. You just see it from like a different perspective. But that's how, that's how all of our coaches are. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you, you wouldn't want to work for a, a different staff at all. Not ever. You know what I mean? If I really had to choose, if I got to choose, um, I wouldn't want to work on a different offensive staff. Not ever in my life. Because we hold each other accountable. We call each other out. You can't hit, A, you have to have an ego at your position and how you coach it, especially if you're confident. But you can't bring that ego into the into the meeting room with other coaches. Because they're going to call you out. Just like I'm going to call you out if I think you're wrong. But that's how you get better. You know, and... and you know, that's how our defensive coaches are. It's the same thing. It is a constant struggle. You know, when you're picking somebody apart and picking their scheme apart or what they're teaching, um, that happens that happens every single week. You know, hey, I like this. No, I think it's a terrible idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think yeah. we should do that. That happens all the time. You can't have your feelings hurt. You know? You, you cannot go in there with feelings because – we come out of it, and, and, and it's even worse on the headset sometimes. <laughs> you want to talk about arguments and yelling and screaming? Guess what? You have to be able to do that in order to work in a professional environment like it. Okay? In order to work in a competitive environment. Because we all want the same thing. You know, and you have to have trust. Trust that, hey, uh, if I call you out about something, you're not going to be butt hurt later. Yeah. yeah. That's the way that it has to be. You know, um, and that's why I think our kids take it so serious. Um, the offense, defense, special teams in practice, it's fourth down every play. You know what I mean? Mazer coined that phrase, and I love it, but he's absolutely right. It is fourth down every single play that you coach. Um, and that's why I love where we're at. You know what I mean? The grind of practice. The focus, the tempo. Um, that's why you gotta love. And on top of everything else, the icing on the cake is is being at Maslin because guess what? In the stands, every play is fourth down. In my opinion, you screw up, it's fourth down. You know, you get it right, it's fourth down. That pressure is there, but that's the way that you have to practice. That's the way you have to conduct yourself. You know, that's why you gotta love it. You gotta love it. You gotta be able to just grind. You know what I mean? You got to be able to see your kids develop, and I think that across the board, you know, our coaching staff just does a a great job of that. Yeah, I mean that's an awesome attitude. You know, back against the wall, burn the boats, love it, love that you guys all work together like that, and uh, you know, it, it conveys the message to the kids. They understand yeah. because it is different playing at Maslin. You know, yeah. we all know that. We're all yeah. raised knowing that. You know, and uh, you know, not everybody likes that, but when you're from Maslin. You're a little different, right? Yep. Um, so, I mean, we love that attitude. It works great for the team. works great for you guys. Uh, and there's a lot of hard work that goes into it that I don't think people understand just how much time you put into it. Mm-hmm. I think everybody knows, you know, how much you put into it, but just the constant grind, yeah. year-long you know, meeting and all that film stuff. goes home with you. The film stuff, <laughs> it goes home. I'm going to yeah. leave here, and I'm going to go tag up my wide receivers from today's practice. It's just... It's what you do. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just what you do. You get three good days of, of, of tagging up film and mistakes. And hopefully that, you know, gets corrected the next day. It's just, I don't know. It's just expected. It's just what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And with technology, you better take advantage of it. For sure. 
Because not a lot of people film practice. They don't. Really? Not, you know how many small schools would not film practice? That's what I'm saying. Not mm-hmm. a lot of places. Not a lot of places have headsets in practice. We have headsets every day on offense. But we have we have practice headsets for communication to get ready for Friday night. We do that in June on a camp day. Wow. Like So practice it, for the players is practice for the coaches. Yeah. I'm on the side, I signal, I coach on the fly. We have our guys standing in the back. Um, but it's about communication, getting our kids used to, you know, from an offensive standpoint. Mm-hmm. Okay. Defense doesn't do it. They have a different system. They do things differently. It works for them. It's great. <clears throat> but since we we love to try to simulate game as much as we can, um, yeah, we have – we have practice headsets. Every two days, I charge the batteries, go hook them up, and that's not our game headsets. We had different ones for those. <laughs> we have literally practice headsets because we want to be able to, for our kids to to be in a game like situation as much as possible, as well as our coaches. Like you just, and you're you're going and you're going. You want to be fast. You know what I mean? I think that's just. I think it's just a part of it. It's super efficient. And how we do it. It's you know, it's more for the team sessions. Inside run, but you're signaling everything. Mm-hmm. And so you're not just yelling out plays because it's practice. Like I'm signaling in June. You know, when we have our first camp day, guess what? Yeah. We're going. Yeah. We're going right now. And that is nice, like speaking as uh like back to my days in practice where they'd yell out a play yeah. and where the three tech knows that the guard's pulling and I'm blocking down on them. Yep. It's it's a little better look for both of us that when sure. he doesn't necessarily yeah. know what plays come. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I mean, with that, Kale, we appreciate everything. You know, great guest. Uh, love having you on. A lot of information. Uh, we're gonna let you go home and tag up all your film online. Uh, make sure to take a cough drop or two. We want you to sound yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I'll be good for Friday. Awesome. Uh, I'll be good. So I mean, with that, Jim and I are gonna drive exactly the speed limit all the way home. So we can get this fantasy football draft in. <laughs> Don't know why I need to point that out, but okay. It's, love it coming needs on. to be known. Love right. coming on here. All Thank right. you guys. Oh, we yeah. love having you on, Kelly. Love having you on. First, first guest every year, yeah. and uh, you know we always have a spot here for you. Yep. So we'll have you on here again. When I get sure. fired, can I just be like a sit-in? Just all the time. Sit-in. No, you exactly. can't be a sit-in. You can be the third co-star, <laughs> third, third guy. All right. Perfect. <laughs> but uh, with that, uh, thanks for listening. Go Tigers! Beat going up.
we were born for greatness uh, We're not nameless, we're not faceless We were born for greatness No, we're not nameless, we're not faceless We were born for greatness Yes. <laughs>